Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is For the Republic. We have another beautiful episode for you guys today. I'm your host, Louis Valentin. Uh, Karen not here today. He's at the uh, Blackface Festival in South Africa this week, but he'll be back next episode. Uh, again, check out our Patreon. You can find more exclusive clips and videos there. Uh, Karen Deep has his own gaming channel, so if you really miss him, you can go check out his content there. Uh, today, we have a beautiful episode for you guys, another beautiful day, but... We're going to have to start off with some sad news because there's still disaster in Hawaii. The situation in Maui has not improved. FEMA's there. The Hawaii uh, emergency uh, group is there. They're trying the best they can. There's over 1,300 people missing still. The death count has gone to 110. But finally, after five to six days, the president has finally commented on the issue. Not only has he commented, he's going to Maui on Monday, Monday of next week. Not only that, he has given out $700 in a one-time, one-time payment of over $700 to people who have lost their homes, their cars, their jobs, their livelihood, their entire lives, all the memories they had growing up in Maui. Because again, for most, for the most part, these are people who live there who've been there most of their life. They're not people who live in Michigan or New York and then immigrate to Hawaii. You're not really seeing most of that. It's a place where people usually grow up Live your most of your life there. Beautiful place. Those people have lost everything. But Joe Biden has come in again to save the day with $700 at a one-time emergency payment. That should, that should help it. Uh, but he has finally addressed it after his uh, famous, 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 uh, let's just say uh, his famous comment on the issue. Check it out. Talk about the Hawaii response, Mr. President? Uh, nothing there. Well, that's our president for you. That's our president. No comment. Now, he's finally commented in a way of saying, I'll be there. Uh, he rambled on about how much he's been in emergency situations. Let's not forget, he grew up Puerto Rican, uh, corn pop, and all this other nonsense of, about all the things he's done in his life. He's been in so many emergency situations, but it doesn't really seem that way politically. I mean, how could someone who's been in Washington for over 40, 50 years, who was a vice president during hurricanes that hit New Jersey, Sandy, all these other ones, how could he be this tone deaf? How could he not realize it's so politically inept to not respond? I mean, I'm not, I don't like the guy. I don't want to root for the guy. But I mean, you do have, I, I just can't sit here or be, or just, Imagine that someone who claims to be this expert on politics, someone who really, really believes that he's the smartest dude, not just in the room, in the world, especially on things of foreign policy. I mean, just I mean, how many times have we heard him brag about how much he knows, how much he knows more than you, how he knows what he's not doing? I mean, just so many things, all the lies he's spoken about, the Hunter Biden deal, everything. He could really just try to be a better politician. Just be a better politician. I mean, that's really, in essence, what your whole life has been dedicated to, being a politician, smiling when you don't really want to, being fake all the time, lying. I mean, you lie about everything else. You can't lie about how sorry you feel because you don't feel sorry. Instead, what did they do? What did the White House do? Not only did we see Karine Jean-Pierre uh, use White House uh, material that was supposed to be used for Joe Biden's presidential account, she posted it under her own name, pretending that she was Joe Biden. I mean, she probably does wish she was president. Thank God. That'll never happen, hopefully. But 
We've seen the response. It's inept. It took him three days until he even three. It was really three days until uh, after the fires until he said no comment because he was too busy to be on vacation. Yet he announced that he was extending his vacation because he was going to Camp David after he had already spent about a weekend or over a couple days in Delaware at the beach. And all the political experts that that week were saying, oh, look at him. He's a normal dude. He goes to the beach. Yeah, as people burn alive in Hawaii. And that's a whole nother mess that's brought around a whole nother level of conspiracy theories just because how horrible that's been handled. I'll get into that later. But the Biden response has been abysmal. And he has a track record. He has a track record. That's why this is problematic because he can't keep out he can't keep doing this thing where he's the affectionate, he loves people, he cares when he doesn't. We saw what happened in East Palestine. We saw what happened in Afghanistan. And now we saw this in Maui, where it's taken him five days, five to six days by now, to address something. Address something that the entire world, King Charles III of England, of the United Kingdom, commented, sent out a statement on uh, Twitter, now called X. Or whatever, that's fuck. He sent out a statement sending his condolences and his, how sad he is and how he would, be willing, he would love to help the situation there. Joe Biden says, no comment. No comment. This is one of the biggest disasters in a while for that state. That state's never been through something like that. Sure, they have volcanoes and they have some, uh, they have tropical storms, hurricanes, but they never had this where literally in an instant an entire city is blown apart, explodes. It's gone. It's gone. There are people there that are homeless. They have nowhere to go. Mainly because, first of all, it's an island. These are islands. It's very difficult to get transportation in and out. Things are expensive there. Food is typically expensive, not just because it's an island, but it's an American island. With the inflation, you don't think it's even worse now? So what did he do? Oh, no comment. Oh, but by the way, I'm going on vacation for the next couple of for more days. So now he's at Camp David. What is, for someone who's been in politics so long, I just can't believe that nobody on that staff, nobody on that team, his wife, who seems to be the expert on everything, who thinks she is smarter than everybody, who refuses to be called anything except Dr. Joe. How could they be this inept? I'm sure Hunter was probably thinking, oh, my dad, the klutz, he's not going to Hawaii? Hell, I do cocaine and have kids with hookers whose sons or daughters I won't recognize, but at least I'll go to Hawaii after an accident. Ah, such a disaster. Well, we're going to look into the... Tr uh, President Trump has given a response, and we're going to go check that out, uh, just because um, it's really the uh, easiest thing to do. But here's this article pretty much saying that, hey, uh, he's going to uh, Hawaii this week. Here's Trump's response to the um, to the Biden failure. The sad thing is, it should never have happened. Our government was not prepared. And very importantly, the aftermath is going very poorly with the governor of the island wanting to do nothing but blame it on global warming and other things that just happened to pop into his head. It is a disgraceful thing that Joe Biden refuses to help or comment on the tragedy in Maui, just as he refused to help or comment on the train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, for a very, very long time. Yeah, and we've seen Trump make these responses before. You know, I, you know, I'm, you know, I love Trump and everything, but his response to the hurricane in Puerto Rico, his response to certain things, they weren't the best. But he, he stood there and he took it and he commented on things. He tweeted out all the time, hey, there's a hurricane. Hey, there's this. Hey, you're in my prayers. You know, can I nuke a hurricane? He was there. You could see that he was active. Maybe you disagreed with it. I certainly most of the time did not disagree. 
but he was active. You saw the sense of that, oh, he's there. At least he'll do something. Something's going to happen. He'll do something. We'll just see what it is. But with Biden, there's this idea that, well, is he even at the wheel? Does he even know where he is? Does he know what's going on? I mean, you cannot seriously consider this man, first of all, qualified to be president current. After all the job he's seen, it isn't just icing on the cake at this point. There's enough examples, enough examples of how inept his administration has been. But finally, he's going on Monday to do what? Exactly. Now, sure, I, I really think he should have addressed it. But going there to prove what? You can't make up for the fact that you left these people on the dry. CNN has done a surprisingly good job of effectively pretty much showing off that people there are pissed. They're angry, disappointed, they're lost. They don't feel like their governor is doing anything good. Because again, like Trump said, and he is doing this, the governor is doing this. He's blaming climate change. He's saying, well, it's the climate change. You have to understand climate's changing. There's global warming. And that things, these things are natural and they're going to happen. And that's why we should be really talking about climate change, a political ideological point. You're trying to drive your point because you want to win ideologically and politically. And you want to seem like I'm smart. I'm right. And people are dying. People are missing. Or 1,300 people are still reported as missing. Guess what? Those people are most likely dead. And what's going to happen in this democratic state is that the officials who are power-hungry psychopaths, sociopaths who only care about themselves, what they're going to do is that they're going to eliminate or hide the figures of people. And because most of the state is liberal, that's what's most likely going to happen. The same thing that happened in New York, the same thing that happened in everywhere else. They're going to hide the figures. But the people there are angry. Unfortunately, this won't lead to anything political because no one in Hawaii is voting for Donald Trump now that he said that. I mean, they're not going to like Biden. But if they have a new nominee, I'm sure they're going to vote for them blindly. Because people forget, politics is long-term. Next week, we'll be talking about something else. Like the Trump indictments. One came after another. We keep talking about the next one and, and, and then pushing the ball down the road. But with this Hawaii disaster, the fact that they gave out $700 of emergency aid and made it seem like it was a big deal. Like when this reminds me of Nancy Pelosi back during the pandemic saying, but we gave them $600. That's $600. They should be grateful. The Marie Antoinette, the old, the crusty Marie Antoinette of this country, the disgrace she was ever allowed to have any power in this country. The fact that she ever got elected is ridiculous. But Ukraine has received $200 more million. Let's go see what's happening in Ukraine. Let's see the Ukrainian battlefield. Let's see. Should be somewhere here. What exactly is going on in Ukraine? Oh. It's ridiculous. You can't even you can't even sit here and watch it still. You can't even sit here and watch. This is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I mean, the goal these people have, I mean, and look, and, I, and I've heard journalists talk about how, you know, look, not all the time in you know, a war zone is going to be like, you know, what you imagine, Medal of Honor or Battlefield or like, you know, those video games. It's not like that. I know that. But the fact that you're sending $200 million to this, this is going on in the capital city. Joe Biden made a surprise visit to Kiev. To Kiev, Kiev. They wanted to change. They want to change how you pronounce it. They want to make it less Russian. Kiev. They want. They sent it to Kiev. They sent all that money to Kiev. Zelensky walked them around the capital. There were sirens going off, despite not being any danger, because this is all a photo shoot. This is all a montage. But he can't talk about Hawaii. 
So he skips his vacation and he makes a random trip to Ukraine, to Kiev. But he won't make a random trip or a random statement on Hawaii? I mean, what's what's the ploy? Remember, this is not the first time he's done this. Look at what he did in East Palestine. And before the right wing, they do this all the time. They say, well, that's because it was white people. Guess what? These are most likely Native American, Native Indian, Pacific Islanders. That's what Hawaii is mostly. They're native. There's not a whole ton of white people all over the place. It's not only white. These are people that are ethnically from these. They're from Asia. They, they, they're Asian. They're from those islands. They have those traditions. They're not white. And Biden is ignoring them because it should show you the type of people they are. These people care nothing more than about their power, their access to influence, and their ability to profit off the American people. That's what they care about. They do not care about you. They do not care about your family. They don't care that you voted for them. Because guess what? If Georgia does not vote for Joe Biden in 2024, or like it did in 2020, guess what's going to happen? He's going to lash out at black people because black people will turn that vote around for Biden in 2020. If they don't do that in 2024, he's going to come around like an old slave master at his own plantation thinking, hey, guys, hey, boy, why didn't you do what I told you? That's what he's going to do. Because the Democrats view you as a number. They view you as a vote. They view you as the electoral college. They view you as a statistic. You're not a vote to them. That's what they do. That's what they care about. I mean, you cannot seriously look at these at these at these videos here and act and really pretend that these people care about your breast interest at heart. You can't. I mean, that's the. I mean, come on, look at this. Look at this. Joe Biden has ignored these people. Joe Biden does not care about these people. He only cares about his ability to get reelected. He only cares about sending money to Ukraine. He does not care about you. He does not care if you voted for him. He does not care if, you, if you're a liberal, if you're a progressive. He only cares about his ability to stay in power. That's what Democrats do. They're all the same. Obama, Clinton, the Bidens, the San Bernie Sanders, Warren, they're all the same people. They do not care. In this time of emergency, where have they been? Nowhere. Nowhere, as always. Look at that. Look at that. Such a beautiful place. These people blindly vote for the Democrat. Blindly vote for the Democrat. Blindly. Blindly. And these people won't learn. They're going to keep voting, keep voting for them. They're going to keep voting for them. And you think Joe Biden there is going to make any difference? They're not going to make any difference. They're not going to care. They're not going to care. But we have to move on, and unfortunately, we have to move on without the people of Maui who are suffering at this point. I offer my prayers, I, my sincere condolences to every family, and uh, we're going to try to help, help anytime. If we find any actual legitimate charities, we're going to post them down in our bio so you guys can uh, help out, support as you can, and we will be doing the same. 
Uh, but for now, we're going to have to move on to our next subject, uh, which is the Trump versus Fox. There's a, more to the saga. Trump has already announced that he's not going to the debate. Um, that's apparently this upcoming week. Instead, he's going to a. Uh, instead, he's going to see if he can have an interview with Tucker Carlson. The New York Times reports uh, they were the first ones to do this. Um, but apparently, the RNC has no idea. Fox News has no idea. Still, according to Megan Kelly, when I heard her a show about a week ago, they still had no idea if they were going. Uh, the president's been Trump has been pretty much going back and forth, saying. Not saying that if he'll go or not, just probably much saying, I guess, when he's going to tell you that he's not going to go. Because I think everyone knows where he's leaning. But uh, potentially, he's planning, hopefully, I think. And I, I think this would be a great idea for the both of them. I think they have mutual interest in destroying Fox. I think they both... Uh, I think Tucker, even though he might not admit it, probably in terms of foreign policy and maybe even economics, really aligns more with Trump than he does with anybody else. Um so I think this would be a great plan. And this is really, this would really be Trump as always. I mean, you try to push him down. You think you can do something without him. You think you could take something away from him that is really his. And then you find out, actually, people love him this whole time. People love him this whole, whole time. And so we'll see. Um I think it's a smart move if he did this. Now, I, I, people have been, I guess, on the right been kind of confused as to say, well, maybe Trump should go because it is a democratic process. But political parties don't care about democratic processes. The Republicans have done the same thing as Democrats have in the past. Do you, do you really think in 1980 the Republicans wanted to nominate Ronald Reagan? They, they didn't. They wanted George H.W. Bush. They hated each other in 1980. In 1992, they had nope. There was really barely any primary people. It was Pat Robertson. He wasn't viewed as a, a, he was not the establishment guy. And in fact, Bush hated him. Bush hated him. And they, the establishment pushed back and they fought against him. A lot of people ran it. But everyone knew the establishment pick was George H.W. Bush. That was not because he was Reagan's guy, but because he was a guy, made guy before that. You saw what happened in 1980, 1990, in 1988. George Bush was the nominee. This was no question. This notion that Democrats and I look, I'm a, I'm a conservative, so I caulk, I, I I vote Republican. I'm not gonna, I'm not ashamed of that. If it was the inverse, I'd vote for the Democratic Party. It's not because I hate the word Democratic Party. They're just not conservatives. They're liberals. I disagree. Same thing with the progressives. The progressives pretend as if they don't vote for, they don't like Democrats, but they still vote in caucus with them. Bernie Sanders pretended to be independent, but caucuses with the Democrats. Why? Because he wants access to funds and money and notoriety. That's why. It's not because he's a selfless leader who only cares about the principles. No, he doesn't. But Republicans are the same. For every Trump, there's 20 Marco Rubios. For every Ron DeSantis, there's 1,500 Jeb Bushes. For every Byron Donalds, there's 20,000 Chris Christie's. That's just how the party works. Same thing with the Democrats. For every RFK, there's 12,000 Bidens. That's just how it works. Political parties do this. So Donald Trump is effectively, for since he got the nomination, or since he ran for office, he's been in a civil war with party leadership. And the Republican Party and the RNC, that does not like him. And are trying to think, who really think now, that because of all these indictments and because he's not the president, because he lost to Biden, who's turned out to be such a weak president, because of the charade that was the big, the, big, the, the great lie, 
they think that he's at a weak spot and now they're going to try to test it out and because fox news and the billionaire who owns it thinks that he can pretty much dictate who he can because by the way again republicans have done this before you think there was really a race between rick romney rick Santorum, and all the other ones in 2012 everyone knew it was mitt's turn he was the nominee from the beginning rick perry was just for comedy ron paul was there because he's the only one who had a spine who didn't care about pushing back on what the party believed in at the time mccain you really think that, do you think romney was going to beat mccain Giuliani had a chance no it was mccain's party it was always it had always been george bush and mccain didn't like each other probably because they wanted power over another it's all political it's all power struggles but trump is doing something different trump has the base he has the voter he has the ordinary person and is giving them a voice finally in the party to say we're not voting for the corporate interests of the of you elitists and so now the rnc thinks that they can put an end to that and reinstate the same old Ron Paul, not Ron Paul, Paul Ryan, McCain's, uh, the Romneys, all these neocon traitors Americans who are pathetic, weak cowards. All of them, including Ron DeSantis, Chris Christie, they're all the same bunch. Don't you dare think differently. So Trump is going to do something spectacular. I hope this really goes down. I really hope this goes down because this is what we need. We need pushback. So they get learn this lesson. You cannot trample over the interests of the American people or the Republican Party and think you're going to get away with it. And I hope every time there's a debate, Trump does something similar. He does an event. He does an interview. He goes somewhere special and he has a show. I hope he does it so that they learn that they're messing with the wrong time, with the wrong people, with the wrong movement. These are not the old country club tea party people. It's not them. This is MAGA, the people. They're not going to back down. And this reminds me really about 2015 when they had that debate. Uh, I think it was Fox or CNN. Someone had a debate in 2015 and Trump didn't go because he pretty much felt that, well, why should I go? I've been slighted. The RNC doesn't like me. They're being unfair. And um, I have the highest poll numbers. And they thought that, you know, Scott Walker and them, Carly, excuse me, they all went and they all started saying, oh, Trump this, Trump that. Nobody watched it. The only reason I know about it is, well, I don't have life. So, of course, I know about it. But people don't remember that. People don't even talk about them. Fiorina who? Scott Walker? What? No. Nobody knows them. Nobody knows them. So this is a fantastic news. I really hope this goes down. Um, I really, really hope this goes down. Uh, I think Trump will do a fantastic job talking to Tucker about the same issues about Ukraine, uh, foreign policy, nuclear war. I mean, people, I mean, Trump, I've watched his interviews and I kind of get tired of them because I've heard the same old, same old, but there's nothing new to be said here. There's nothing really much. What else do you want him to say? Nuclear war is bad? He said that 20,000 times. No one listens to him, though. About how he's going to end Ukraine and Russia? I don't want him to tell me. I want him to do it. And honestly, telling me gives them a chance to figure something out to deter that, to get a, a, a leverage on him. I don't want that. Talk about immigration? Yeah, tell me about that. Tell me about your plans for health care, if you have one, social security, abortion. Tell me all about them. Tell me more. Tell me more stories about what it was like when you were president. I'd love to hear them. An hour at Mar-a-Lago with Tucker. Tucker's in Florida. Something like a what? Two-hour two hour plane ride from the one side to the other side? Think about it. I, I think it would be amazing content. Now, Elon might not be happy because Elon is pretty much has bought up Ron DeSantis, who, by the way, everyone thought was going to win. It's like, come on now. Ron DeSantis is donor bought, donor sold. You give him a million dollars, he'll say anything you want him to sell. He'll sell he would sell his own mother. If it'd give him votes, he would, because we've seen it happen. I mean, he talked to Tucker about Ukraine. He said that Ukraine was just a border war. 
All of a sudden, he goes to Piers Morgan and says, oh, well, let me clarify what I'm talking about. I've addressed this before. I'm not a fan of Ron DeSantis. It never was from the beginning because there's no reason for him to run. But he is the George H.W. Bush of the conservative movement. Just like when uh, Reagan left office, the Republicans pretty much backstabbed and then used his legacy to mount themselves as these conservative ideas, these true conservatives, and ruined the image of conservatism forever. Until Trump came along, and he's doing the same thing. And Ron DeSantis was going to be that guy. Mike Pence turns out that he wants to be that guy, but no one likes Pence. Much like, I mean, you know, George H.W. Bush was likable. He was charismatic at the time. People knew him. People liked him. They respected him. People don't respect Mike Pence. Most of America doesn't even know who he is. And he was vice president. That's how boring he is. All right, so we're going to move on to another presidential candidate uh, in Argentina because let's just have some more fun. Uh, there's a presidential candidate in Argentina who won the first round of the primaries. Um, and he's an economist. His name is Javier Millet. Javier Millet uh, is an economist, a um, Austrian economist, which is always my favorite to listen to. And he's a libertarian. So he's probably the biggest libertarian worldwide in the world who's actually in a position of power. He's a member of the Chamber of Deputies, which is mostly like the uh, House of Representatives. And, um, and he has a real shot at becoming president. He got, by a big margin, the number one spot in um, the elections, the primary elections uh, in his alliance. Um, and so now he's effectively the leading candidate to win the presidency of Argentina, which is pretty controlled right now by neo-socialists, um, Alejandro Fernandez, who is, who's really the puppet of the Kishners, not the Kushners, the Kirchner family, which has, which ran Argentina for over a decade, um, her husband and then her, uh, Christina, who's more like a mafia lady. She's had her political opponents uh, murdered even. It's alleged, but we all know, everyone knows it. The fact that there's been cover-ups, this is a you know kind of like the Hillary Clinton type of stuff where there's a suicide list, you know, but that's just a conspiracy theory. Uh, this man is a libertarian. He's extreme. Sometimes he can be vulgar. I've been following him for several years now, for probably over four years before the pandemic. So I'm kind of glad when my life, my personal life kind of collides with this. Finally, everyone's finally going to get a chance to know who he is. And um, I'm actually excited that there's actually going to be a real change because the politics of South America, and we're going to move on. Just, now we're not, we're not going to only talk about um, Argentina right now. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more. But South America, which is, you know, just... A plane ride, four-hour plane rides, you know, out of uh, JFK to down there is filled with communist governments. Not just socialist governments or liberal governments posing as liberal governments, but socialist communist governments posing as liberals, posing as centrists, and really they're none of that. They enact policies that in, uh, for collectivism, they have high taxation, they've increased the inflation, they create debt, and they're then, and then not only that, it's really the, for the geopolitical stuff is that they become pawns of Cuba, which is the really the hub for communism that works on the behest of China and Russia. That's kind of why most Hispanics are not really in favor of the uh, anti-Ukraine war because they just don't like Putin. Why? Because Russia and China have had this long history of influencing governments in South America for, mo for most time, have leaned the heavy left or have been communists like Venezuela, Ecuador, Peru, Brazil under Lula, who's now there again, is now just another puppet of China again. Uh, Argentina, which is who trades the most with China. Same thing with Chile. Uh, Bolivia, who had a uh, 
Bolivian dictator for over a decade, 15 years, really, until he was ousted from power. And now someone, a puppet of his is now in power again. And then now Colombia finally has fallen to the hands of socialism and or neo-socialism, but actual, well, actually, this is worse there. It's actually Marxist-Leninism, which is the worst form, which is the traditional Soviet Maoist form. So I'm going to show you a clip about him so you guys kind of, kind of have a, an idea of what he's like. I'm pretty excited to share this because, you know, he is a big deal, and I'm really glad this is happening. Um, so you get a deal of what he's like. It's a three-minute video. We're going to react to it here. El gran problema argentino es un problema cultural. Es decir, esta es una sociedad que está infectada de socialismo. Y lo que hay que lograr es sacar el socialismo de la cabeza de la gente, ¿sí? Y los principales promotores de estas ideas son los políticos. Te propongo que veas lo que fueron las declaraciones de Graciela Camaño. Se supone que uno de los mejores dirigentes de Argentina. ¿Sabes contra quién van? Contra los liberales. Porque los liberales somos los únicos que les digamos, le, le enrostramos a los políticos que ellos no son la solución, que ellos son el problema. Los, los políticos son una suerte de sociópatas que quieren hacernos creer que nosotros somos inválidos mentales, inválidos en todo sentido, porque no podemos vivir si no fuera por ellos. En realidad, los que no pueden vivir si nosotros son ellos. That's an amazing point, and he says it better than most American uh, politicians. The conservatives here pretend that they're this guy, but they're not. I mean, that's the greatest... Most of these politicians are egomaniacs. It reminds me of when... Uh... Anthony Weiner went on uh, Patrick Bidet's podcast. We talked about it uh, a couple episodes ago. And effectively tried to say, without saying it, that he had an addiction for attention because he's a sociopath. He loves attention. He craves being the center of attention. And being a politician, being a, a national politician, federally elected, gives you the opportunity, access to cameras that are shown to households all over the country. And so if you're a senator, if you're the president especially, or if you're the, the cabinet secretary or... Uh, congressman or something of a high uh, position, you have the opportunity to show yourself to most of the country, like Fauci did. Fa Nobody knew Fauci, but when they needed him, when he should have been doing his job, and, and that was never going to happen under any circumstance, he pretty much turned into what he always was. He got more of what he, what he was, was an egomaniac. He wanted to be famous. He wanted to be a, a star, but that wasn't really his role. The politicians were not there. And so they try to give this reality that the people who oppose them are not, they're not right in the head. You see that here in America where they pretty much tell Trumpers that you guys are wrong, you guys are decadent, you guys are um, a basket case of the deplorables, you guys are the fringes, you guys are, you know, the, 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 the dregs, all of that. Why? Because they can't counter the point is that you don't need, we don't need you, you need us. And that's the reality that he just said. They like to make this idea that you guys are invalid. You guys are wrong because you guys need to realize that you can't live with, without us, without the government helping. That's not the truth. They can't live without the people who put them there. And that's the reality. And he says it so eloquently. Let's keep watching. Es decir, si el país se separara entre los que producimos de un lado y del otro lado, queda la mierda de los políticos, los sindicalistas, todo este conjunto de parásitos se hunden, se mueren. Separemos la Argentina, en la Argentina del Norte y Argentina del Sur. ¿Sabes qué? Los que estamos dispuestos a laburar nos vamos a la parte más pobre del país, le dejamos vaca muerta todo. Aun cuando se quedaran con todo, se van a hundir estas ratas porque no sirven para nada. En cambio, los que laburamos y sabemos ganarnos la vida, ¿sabes qué? Nos va a ir bien. Nosotros somos gente de bien, gente que labura. 
y no vivimos abogando por la envidia, el odio, el resentimiento, el robo, sí, el trato desigual frente a la ley, que es esa inmundicia de la justicia social, que es lo más injusto que existe, porque implica robarle a una persona el fruto de su trabajo para dárselo a quien a mí se me da la gana. Pero ¿de dónde salieron esta manga de sátrapa? ¿Sabes por qué? Porque además en todo ese proceso, no solo que destruyeron la economía, empobrecieron a la gente, sí, desde el año 70 hasta ahora el Estado se triplicó, y multiplicaron por seis el número de pobres. ¿Sí? ¿Y sabes quiénes fueron los únicos que prog progresaron acá? Los políticos. Great points again. And so he, he's an economist. He, he, you know, before this, he was on TV all the time as an economist. Uh, they used to, you know, he's obviously Austrian school of economics, which is really for the most libertarians. They don't really believe in the kind of central banking. They don't like the Federal Reserve. I mean, he's really proposing to get rid of it because he kind of, not kind of, but really points out that since the Federal Reserve or Central Bank of Argentina was created, they've had a 100 and something percent inflation rate and it hasn't been combated. Now, you'll probably find on YouTube other historical videos that say, well, it's really the colonialism that did this. Bullshit excuses. Other countries don't have this inflation rate. And guess what? They were colonists. It's really the spending in the, in the, in the governments. Argentina has a long, long track record of having left-leaning, liberal-leaning politicians and also military juntas that just don't know really how to run the country. And it really had to run an economy. And so, again, as always, the people, he really makes these clear messages to the people, effectively saying that the problem here is not you. It's the politicians who have brainwashed you into thinking that you need them more than they need you. But it's actually the inverse, or in fact, not even true at all. You don't need them. They need you. Because if you divide the country between South and North Argentina, as you saw, as you heard, If the North is filled with politicians, the South will prosper because the North are filled with the same politicians who are worthless, who can't do anything, who don't know how to do anything. Just imagine if we divided this country and we gave Washington in the nicest areas to the politician and we said, no one else can live or work there. Everyone else in the middle class, in the lower class will live outside of them. We have no contact. Those are their own city states. They have their own governments. They do what they do. They wouldn't be able to survive because those people do not have skills. They don't contribute. They're not the same as us. They don't contribute in the ways that we do. We're carpenters. We're mechanics. We're doctors. We're nurses. We're linemen. We're electricians. We work the sewage. We work the power grid. We put up the, the fiber optic cables. We do that. Not them. We're the waitresses, the waiters, the chefs, the cooks, the drivers, the Uber drivers. The people who work at the airplanes, the pilots, the military, that's us, not them. When we go to war, when they, when they create wars, they sent us and our children to go. They, and then at the end, despite everything, despite all the sacrifice we've made, who at the end prospered? Politicians. Let's keep listening. Entonces, ¿saben qué? Quieren, digamos, quedarse en este país, ¿saben qué? Tienen que identificar el enemigo. El enemigo son los políticos. Hay que ir contra los políticos. Ellos son nuestros enemigos. Ellos son los que nos hunden en la pobreza. Ellos son los únicos que progresaron con este verso de la justicia social y la redistribución del ingreso. La verdadera redistribución del ingreso fue desde los que laburamos a los parásitos de los políticos. A ver, digamos, ¿por qué nació el liberalismo? Para salir el yugo opresor de los monarcas. Digamos, esta casta que tenemos, son como los monarcas, y ni siquiera se autoheredan. No, oh, it's such a beautiful thing. These people think they're monarchs, and they really do. And this is the Argentinian politicians, but this is a message for the whole world. 
that's why it's so important that we need someone in South America like this, not just like this, this, and all the other countries to follow. I get, and people like to say that he's the Trump. I don't know if he's exactly like Trump, but also, but he has the personality and he has the aroma of it that he's, he was, he was known before this. People knew him because he was explosive. He said what he thought. He said what he, what he wanted and he didn't apologize. He insulted people, you know, kind of like Trump, Trump, Trump replies to your insults by insulting you. He comes out and he says it. The politicians here are crap. They're shit. They're assholes. The liberals and the communists are retarded. And they are. It's the fact. These are facts. I mean, what are we going to dispute here? But he says it because he's fed up of the disaster. The people that are poor are even poorer. But the wealthy politicians stay wealthy. And guess what? These are lift, These are liberals. If this was America, these, this would be Elizabeth Warren, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Bernie Sanders. And guess what? Just like they are here, they're wealthy. The progressives like to complain about, well, Trump is wealthy, and he didn't help the middle class. Bernie's wealthy. Warren is wealthy. And they're never going to help the middle class or the working class. But at least Trump is the first one who legitimately addressed it. These people do so because they want your vote and they want you to vote for them. That's what they want. They want you to follow them and vote because they think that they're, they think they're idols. They think they're stars, they're so, but they're really sociopaths. And so they act like monarchs, but they don't act to inherit each other. What they do is that they pass along the power without letting the people who put them there decide for themselves, like the Democratic Party. Biden wasn't elected. He was selected. Hillary wasn't elected. She was selected. Trump is elected. He's going out there to earn it. For the first time, the Republican Party in, in over 30 years can say, we elected our nominee. We chose him. The people chose him. Son los mismos que estaban en el 2001. No se fue ninguno, estos chorros se quedaron todos. Y hay más, porque además se multiplican, porque tenés que agregar la parentela, sí, porque además tenés que agregar la, la amante, porque tenés que agregar la familia del amante. Y crece, y crece, y crece. Y el bolsillo, digamos, de los que producen, digamos, es cada vez más chico. O sea, entonces no puede ser que en un país, si le vaya mejor a los parásitos de la política, que el tipo que produce. Bingo. Bingo. It cannot be real that in the world today, and this includes America, this includes every country on earth, I mean, even look at China, that a politician who does nothing, or a bureaucrat who does nothing but blow hot air in his office and pass along papers, I've seen what government people do. I have people in my family who work for the government. They waste the taxpayer. I see them. They do nothing. They contribute nothing. You've been to DMV. It doesn't work. You've gone to, you've gone to the county clerk. They do nothing. It doesn't work. It doesn't work, but they're driven by these ideological policies of affirmative action, gender equality. They post things about George Floyd, COVID, Fauci, the environment, the flowers, the animals, the dogs, the dog moms, the feminism. But the society doesn't work. They talk about the TikTokers and they love the influencers. But has society gotten better? Would you trust, would you trust an airplane pilot today than you did 10 years ago? Would you trust your doctor today than you did 10 years ago? No. Is the power grid stronger today than it was 10 years ago? No, it's not. Are your teachers better today than they were 10 years ago? No. It can't be that in a, in a world today, parasites who produce nothing valuable in society, not just in politics, but in society, Jake Paul, Logan Paul, Andrew Tate, parasites, that they matter more and that they earn more money than people who actually produce, the electricians, the mechanics, the teachers, the nurses, the assembly workers, the people in the mines, the oil rigs, it can't be possible. The soldiers, how could they be betrayed, left behind? 
but the politicians gaining gain. Let's wrap this up. Es decir, no te puede ir mejor, ¿sí? Siendo un parásito de la política que no produce nada y que cuando hace algo lo único que hace es daño. Porque una de las cosas que pasa cada vez que interviene el Estado, se genera lo que se llama el fallo del Estado. O sea, fíjate esto. Los planes con la, contra la pobreza, ¿qué hacen? Generan más pobres. Mira el caso argentino. Bingo. Oh, that's it. That's really it. I mean, look at what happened. I mean, and he's really right about what happened there. The Argentinian government effectively. A ver, yo creo que el gran problema argentino. I mean, he outlines the history of Argentina's uh, economy. I mean, for a hundred years, over a hundred years, they've had inflation of over a hundred something percent. It hasn't gotten better. They print dollars. And Argentina, actually, if people didn't know this, uh, you could literally live in Argentina and the state pays for you for your utility bills. But then remember, you're being heavily taxed. You will earn nothing because the state takes it all because you live a comfy life. And when the last president, Mauricio Macri, uh, said that he was going to take away payments so that because we can't afford it, the people freaked out. Again, like you said at the beginning of the video, not just Argentina, but this is around the world more, more and more. We see this in every other country in South America, but we see this in America. The minds of adults, especially the young people, have been poisoned by socialism. They believe in distribution of wealth. Uh, social justice, these pathetic ideologies that produce nothing of value to people, but give and, and empower politicians to do more destructive things. And like I said at the end, we say it all the time in America, conservatives, the ordinary conservative says it all the time, but the politicians, except for Trump and a few others, who are afraid of talking and, and really betray God and what he wants us to do in, in calling out this heresy, this, this sinful activities, this greed, They want, to, they want to point out these things. Every time the state does something, it fails. That's why they call it a, the, a failure of the state, failure of the system, because they don't improve anything. Whenever a politician acts, it's to harm. I mean, look at what happened in the Hawaii. Biden has effectively tied the aid to Hawaii with $200 million for Ukraine. So if the House or the government doesn't pass that, Hawaii is not getting their vote, their money. Why? Because he's putting it to Ukraine, because it's for him. So whenever they do anything, they create harm. But it's all political to them. They don't care. It's all about their power. It's all about their influence. It's about their access. And it's not just them. It's the families, like you said. Look at Hunter. Look at Jared Kushner. It's on both sides. It's on both sides. And so I hope South America does finally the right thing, gives us great news for the year, and elects this man for president. We lost Bolsonaro. We're going to lose Lasso in Ecuador. But hopefully we gain Malay. And so I want to end this episode first talking briefly about um, what happened in Ecuador. Um, as you guys know, a week ago, the leading presidential candidate was assassinated, uh, VRL. He was a journalist formerly who investigated the crimes that were committed by Rafael Correa, the former president of Ecuador. Uh, not just crimes, not just violent crimes, not that he personally committed, but really his actors, his posse, his people did. And also the silencing, the money laundering, the money funneling from him to people in Venezuela and how he was really tied to Cuba and China and the rest of them. And so he was assassinated, unfortunately. What we're now seeing is that this was most likely an organized attack on him uh, because they arrested six Colombian nationals. Six Colombian nationals were arrested. And now I, I'm going to give a little detail about what this is, the background of what, what all this is about, because I think people in America, especially conservatives, but really liberals have no idea. They talk about how much they love traveling the world and how much they love, oh my God, it's really nice, and we help her be the poor people, but they have no idea about the world, and they claim they're educated, but they don't know. They blame most of the world's problem on America, because it's easy to do that. 
It's also lazy and intellectually incompetent for them because they're ideologically retarded. That's why. And so South Colombia has a communist government now. It has. Petro, Petro is a communist. He's a, uh, a Marxist Leninist who for decades, in fact, not only when he was a young man, served in a Marxist guerrilla, uh, which was responsible for the complete assassination and bombing of the uh, Palace of Justice and the Supreme Court. They, they effectively uh, kept him hostage and then murdered and then coldly, cold and bloodily murdered them. Uh, murdered most of the Supreme Court of Colombia in the 90s. And he was a part of that group and unapologetically was a part of them. And he's pretty much said it as if, oh, that was something I did. You know, We did things as kids. And we did, but not that. Not join a Marxist guerrilla and assassinate people, kidnap, rape women, traffic weapons and drugs. That's what this man did, and he's not president. And so the big situation there is that they're, they're saying that this was connected to a gang, that a gang had come out there and it threatened him. But I don't want you guys to believe that. Do not, because that's not true. That's not how things in South America works. It's pretty easy. Every socialist government in South America works for the same boss, the Castros. The Castros in South America have one leader who reports to them. It's Venezuela. Hugo Chavez took that job very passionately. And he funneled money from Argentina, from Brazil, from Ecuador at the time, Argentina at the time, Peru at the time, Bolivia, Ecuador, a lot of these countries, and he sent it to Cuba, all the resources to Venezuela and to Cuba, and also effectively surrendered their economies to China. They did all that. So that's who they worked for. So whenever you hear these stories of mercenaries, hitmen, Ecuadorian gang, no. These were not just hitmen. These were mercenaries that worked for the communist guerrillas in Colombia. You will see the truth finally. That will come out. It can't be that this man gets assassinated and then Rafael Correa, whose puppet is running for the presidency now, and is not going to win because there's no one else who's going who's to get those votes. Because these South American countries have a problem is that when conservatives run, they typically nominate the most uncharismatic man. They, they elect some old dude who's unattractive, who's uncharismatic, but He's an establishment figure. So they vote for him. And he's going to get some votes, but he's going to lose probably 46 to 44. Probably. Or 52 to 48. Or 51 to 49. So he'll lose. they'll lose closely, but they're still going to lose. And it doesn't really matter because once people get in, into power, they do what they want. They do what they want. And so it can't be that the former president says, oh, that's what he gets because he was, you know, who pretty much says, oh, yeah, well, he was he was a nuisance. You know, he was digging into people's lives, and maybe that's what people get. Isn't that interesting? There's no remorse there. No remorse? Hmm. And then we see that these were Colombian hitmen, mercenaries, when we know all the Colombian mercenaries are now all former Marxist guerrillas, or let's just say former Marxist guerrillas. There's more to this story. And I will suggest people who hold up before they say that this was just the gang that was angry at him. No, sir. No, man. This was them. This was the Colombian guerrillas working in for the Cubans and for the Venezuelans, protecting what they have. They do not want Ecuador to go back to continue with the conservatives. They thought they had the last election. They created the protest and they incited the social conditions. People think America always does this in other countries, but they don't. This started really with the Soviets. The Soviets were the first people to do this. They did this in Poland. And they did this in Greece in the 40s and 50s. Remember that. They've always done this. They've always gone to other countries and sent their missionaries. Remember, that's how the Soviets began. Lenin was not, wasn't in Russia. He was sent by the Imperial German government. They're experts 
on government interference. They're experts in the regime change. But they've played out, but they've been able to play it out in the media and in the institutions of saying that it's always America. Don't buy that lie. They do it first and they do it better because they do it so well you don't even notice it. It can't be out of nowhere that all these social protests in right-wing countries happen. I never see a protest in a left-wing country that gets out of control. Hmm, I wonder why. So don't believe exactly what you're being told. Wait, and you'll see. You'll see this was that this was them. As always, the international communist cabal in South America works in mysterious ways. But at the end of the day, you'll realize it's always them. All right, that's it for today, guys. Uh, check out our Patreon for more exclusive content. It's uh, patreon.com slash four, the number four, for the Republic. We're on there. It's only $5 a month. $5 a month. Five. All right, tell your friends, tell your neighbors. I hope you're really going to enjoy it. We have some funnier content out there. I've posted teasers. We've posted teasers about, you know, full episodes from our Patreon. You can get more funny content that talks about politics and society, uh, things of that large. Uh, a lot of things like that. All right. Like, subscribe, hit the notification button so you can stay tuned for more great content that we have for you guys for the future. Hope you guys watched this, enjoyed watching this episode. I appreciate all of our audio, audio only listeners on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, etc. Love all you guys. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. See you guys next time. Bye.